listening to the Women Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We're all about growing in Christ and being shaped by His Word, so I'm delighted to be sharing with you these discussions with women who love the Lord, love His Word, and are pursuing a life of faithfulness in Him. We're praying that this is a place of blessing and encouragement for you. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Encouraged podcast. I'm Bethany Berendrecht, and I'm sitting here with our lovely, wonderful blog editors and Women Encouraged Vision Team members, Katie Morin and Alyssa Donovan. Thank you for having us here. It's such a delight to be here and get to podcast. We are podcasting. <laughs> We're podcasting. My husband always <laughs> tells me to go cast the pod. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, so this is actually going to be a bit of a different format, um, just because... We've made a few changes with the podcast um, just for the needs of our families um, and our schedules and everything like that. And we're just really thankful that God has been gracious and has provided the space to continue to do the interviews. But we're going to be doing our conversations at a different time altogether. So we're not going to be having the interview and then a conversation. We're just going to have our interview episodes and then we're going to have our conversation episodes and I think you're going to enjoy them. We're talking today about financial security and just how scripture equips us to really understand what security in our finances and our money um, and and what true security in Christ looks like. So just so you know, these are going to be mostly unedited. We're not going to do a lot of finicky editing with these. They're going to be kind of organic conversations. So So, uh, this came about, we decided to do this partially because we were having a meeting at one point and I was talking about, we were talking about basically how, what God is doing in our lives, what he's teaching us. And one of the things that I've been recently convicted of is that I place a lot of my security in how much I have in my bank account Mm -hmm. at any one time. There's so much that seems I can't control. And for whatever reason, if I feel like if I have enough money there, I'll be secure. And especially as a single girl where you're like, I'm taking care of all of this on my own. I don't have a husband. I have to think about, okay, I'm in my 30s now. How am I going to be in my 40s? How am I going to be like, I'm trying to think of all these things. And for whatever reason, it terrifies me. And I've just been more and more convicted that this is becoming more of an idol for me that I'm placing that security in just my finances. Um, And I'm trying to like come to terms with that and realize that there's my security ultimately has to be in God. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know on a, on a different kind of a note, but years ago, I remember we hit the poverty line actually. Mm -hmm. Um, We had had a really hard year. The downturn happened. The, the, all the industries really had a downturn downturn where we live. And so that year we actually hit the poverty line. We made it because we had, um, just enough in savings and we survived. We were great. God provided for us. And I look back on that year as actually a really good year. But then I was reminded this last year and a half or so as my husband started his new business and, um, we just really stepped into entrepreneur life and trying to figure out what that looks like for us. And it was really humbling to, to go through that year and just decide I have to put my confidence in God because I cannot be living on pins and needles, just hoping that that check is going to come in, that those people are going to pay their bill or whatever, because you cannot put your hope in them, but you have a, 
a good God and a faithful God who does provide. And Mm. so that's where our confidence is. And that was probably one of the better and harder lessons to learn was really just that, that my husband is not my provider. So even in, in your situation, Katie, you're talking about, you know, you're single, but your work situation isn't your provider, mm-hmm. that God is our provider and God is faithful. No. And I think that's where I, I struggle with, because I feel like I'm always worried about like, you know, that you're supposed to tithe, right? You're supposed to give to the Lord because this is ultimately my wealth is not my own, mm. right? Just like you said, my, you know, my, my wealth is not my own. The money is not my own. Therefore I need to be able to give freely. And I always feel like I give with clenched fists mm. because mm. I'm scared. I'm scared of losing that. I'm scared of what'll happen if it comes to the end of the month and I don't have the money I need to pay the bills. And I keep having to remind myself that I serve a God who wants to bless me Mm. and bless me abundantly from his own provision. The stuff he's already given me, he's blessed me with and he's given it to me so that I may bless others as Mm. well. And to hold on to that, to hoard that. Like, I feel like I just have visions of dragons sitting on piles of gold right. and not being, you know, like all of a sudden visions of the Hobbit are coming out. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I don't want to be that way. I don't right. want to be that dragon hoarding the, the provision that God's given me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to train myself slowly, but I'm trying to really train myself to think of it as not mine, but it's God's yeah. ultimately. I think that in our culture, you know, we we have a very affluent culture. We are surrounded by beautiful homes, especially where we live, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful homes, beautiful decor. Um, in our particular area, people dress very well. And so there's a real temptation to put your value in, you know, matching or meeting another standard that ultimately God hasn't set for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it's not wrong. I was thinking about what you're saying, like that, um, that, that God wants to bless us abundantly. And so I think it isn't wrong to love beauty and to appreciate, you know, decorating our house really well. And I think all those things are really good and beautiful and we reflect God in those. But when we set those as our standard, that's really where it trips us up. And I think when we are afraid and we're, we're not living open-handedly, we're not trusting that God's abundance is better than any kind of abundance that we would ever be able to attain for ourselves. And I, and that's Mm -hmm. a, that's a, hard place to crawl out of, I think, when you kind of have fallen down that, into that ditch. Mm-hmm. What do you have to add to that? Because Katie was talking about tithing, and you yeah. had some really good thoughts about that. So I, we were in the Bible reading challenge that we're all a part of. We, are re- we read through Malachi a couple of days ago, and it struck me in chapter 3, because often, as Christians, I think we're warned not to test God and... Um, But in here, he's talking about tithing and he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And that encouraged me so much that God is saying, test me, see if I won't provide for you, see if there will not be a need. And I think you know, I was thinking so much about um, my husband and I, our, our married life. There's been, um, you know, lots of ups and downs where there hasn't been a lot of financial security. But I can think back and I know I can see the Lord has provided for us 
in ways that we never expected. Mm-hmm. And but he has always been faithful. And so going forward, I mean, right now it's not great for our Canadian economy, but I have these 10 years of marriage experience that sees the Lord has always taken care of us. He's always provided for our needs. We've never gone without things that we didn't need. And honestly, we've had, we've always, looking back now, we have always had more than we needed and far more than we deserved. Mm. And it just, it was such a great reminder to me of the Lord's faithfulness and that he wants us to give and so that he can prove himself to us, that he can keep his promises. This is his word. Like this is his written promise to us that he's given us as a sign and a seal because we are his people. And Mm -hmm. I just love that. You know, like if you think about how there's two ditches to the road, right? And so it's, it kind of sounds like we're all kind of in this one ditch of, or we tend to maybe fall into the one ditch of thinking like God isn't going to take care of us. And so we have to fight to stay out of that ditch. We have to fight to tell ourselves the truth. The other ditch I think is that prosperity gospel mentality. Sorry, I can talk. Um, (laughs) That prosperity gospel mentality that says, you know, I've been faithful. I've done all the right things. Therefore God owes me and God's out to give me all these things because I, I did all the right things. And I know, I know that doesn't completely um, define everything with the prosperity gospel mentality. But um, I think a lot of the time along with that ditch, there is that, that idea that not only does, is God going to bless you abundantly, but bad things won't happen to you if you have the right kind of faith. And so I think that, um, that ditch is very painful for a Christian mm-hmm. to fall into when they're hitting hard times. And so that that kind of begs the question, like, what do you, how are we supposed to be thinking when we're not doing well, when we have hit hard times? And like every one of us has had this kind of an experience, I think, mm-hmm. just to one degree or another. It's not like we're all, I mean, we're not currently living in the poverty line, but um, we're all, we've all hit experiences like that. And we've all struggled. Um, and I think, we were Katie before we started recording you and I were talking about it and my first thought was where is your attention directed so when when we're thinking about how to think about falling on hard times or having financial insecurity or really wondering how am I going to pay that bill next month um Mm -hmm. where is your attention directed so I would love to hear your thoughts because I think when we remember that our attention is on is supposed to be fixed on God that really helps us to um, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and trust that everything we need will be added to us. Mm -hmm. Um, You had brought up a verse, Alyssa, in Matthew um, 6.34. I just love Matthew 6, verse 34, where he says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I do remember there, there have been times where... You know, we weren't facing homelessness, but it was like, I just needed to remind myself to look to God and say, I have enough for today. I am content. I can be okay and not be scared for the future because God is good. And like it says, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And how can I do my next right thing today and not worry about the right things that I need to do tomorrow? Today is enough for me. And this is what God has, God has put this, this minute that's in front of me on my plate right now. Mm -hmm. And I need to be content 
here. And I also can't lie to myself and say, I'd be happier if I had more in this minute. I'd be happier if I had more money in my bank account or if I had... A, a more reliable vehicle. Mm. We spend a lot of years <laughs> with unreliable vehicles. Right. And, but I just realized, like, this is what God has given me here. And if I'm not content now with this little bit, I never, ever will be. And I can't lie to myself and tell myself that I'll be content with more because yeah. I won't be. Yeah. It It is so true that you're not going to just be thankful and content and grateful if you just have the thing that you want. I think in those times when even when I couldn't just get what I wanted, but if my heart was fixed on the thing I wanted or the way I thought something was supposed to be, um, and you know, it might not have been, I might not have actually been grasping for it, like trying to take it or trying to, you know, find a way to redirect our finances so that I could get something that I wanted. The reality is that I had a grasping mentality and that just empties you of joy because Mm -hmm. you're so fixated on just having something you need rather than God. (laughs) Well, enjoy and gratitude. And it's it's actually really, um, I've just finished uh, leading a ladies Bible study um, where we went through Exodus um, and all the way through Deuteronomy, sorry. And it just reminds me again of the story of the people of Israel going through the wilderness and God Mm -hmm. provided them daily. He didn't provide for them weekly. He didn't provide for them monthly. He provided for them daily. Yeah. And they had to rely on that. They had to trust that. They had to have faith in that. Those who grasped that more soon found out that that wasn't going to work. Right. That wasn't going to work at all. And, uh, and well, that's where we get that phrase, give us our daily bread. Exactly. And and we need to remember that whatever the Lord, like you said in, in Matthew, God will provide. God mm-hmm. is going to provide. It may not look like the way we want it to. I am absolutely certain that the Israelites were not expecting bread to fall from heaven. No. That mm-hmm. is not on their list of, oh, how was God going to provide for us? Well, he's going to, you know, they probably thought more of like maybe a banquet hall or something, <laughs> but they didn't expect that. And they didn't expect it to taste the way it did mm-hmm. or, and that he would provide quails and water and even their, their clothing. It didn't wear out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I'm not suggesting that that's maybe, you know, God's going to rain bread down on our lawns next tomorrow morning. <laughs> um or that we don't need to buy clothes now, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that really stood out to me, and we actually just had this discussion yesterday, was that we need to remember those times of hardship. We mm-hmm. need to remember that because that's when we rely on him. Yeah. In Deuteronomy 8, which has always stood out to me, he's talking about when they're going to go back into the promised land and the land of blessing and of you know a prosperity. And... There's a huge warning there. And I think this goes along with what you were saying about the prosperity gospel, where God does bless some people abundantly, but there's a risk there. There's a risk there in looking at yourself and say, look at what my hands have accomplished. Mm -hmm. Look at what I've done. Look at what, and all of a sudden the idolatry comes in and you're worshiping your abilities. And there's something very hard but very beautiful about being forced to rely on God and his promises and to trust those. And again, not easy. It's so hard when you feel like everything's falling apart and you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to make ends meet. But 
we serve a God who fulfills his promises. Mm-hmm. And and that's always been so encouraging to me to remember that and and to know that he is the same God who fed the Israelites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he will feed me. And most definitely not in the way that I expected it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important, too, to remember along those lines, Katie, is just that God allows us to acknowledge our hardship. It's not like God says, well, hardship doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. God is aware of it. He has entered into it for us. Um, And he, and the, the thing that hardship ought to be is a catalyst to drive us really to, to prayer and to, to trust in God. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. If, Mm -hmm. if we didn't have cares, there wouldn't be anything to cast. I mean, maybe that's too Mm -hmm. simplistic, but I mean, he wants us to bring these to him and all through the Psalms, it's, they're just packed with David and Asaph and, and other Psalmists bringing need to God and bringing a way that their hardship needs to be met by Mm -hmm. God. And, and he does, he promises that. And so when we, I think when we're, rather than falling into the ditch of the prosperity gospel or the ditch of, you know, worry and anxiety, we need to stay steady on the road that God, and fix our eyes really on Jesus, that, that he is our provider, he will care for us. He is ultimately our security. So it doesn't mean that hardship doesn't happen. It doesn't mean you have a negative, num- you, that you would never have a negative number in your bank account, Um it doesn't mean you're not ever going to have a hard time paying a bill, mm-hmm. but you can have confidence that the Lord is with you in all of those scenarios. I tend to have, I don't know about you, but I tend to like, when we hit that really, we had a really hard time um, just about a year ago and it wasn't like we weren't in dire straits, but my husband was kind of like, we were just on the edge, like, okay, do we need to just put away this this idea of the business or do we need to keep going with it forward and how is God going to answer this prayer? And, and we got to a point where it was really quite literally like God just wanted us to get to the very end, like of the road, like really Mm -hmm. just get all the way to the point where we had nothing in ourselves that we could rely on. And we had to completely just say, okay, God, what are you going to do? And, and we started waking up excited and joyful, like, well, we get to see what God is going to do today. Like we get to see (laughs) how he's going to fix our problem. And it was the most freeing thing. Like we started laughing about our insecurity because (laughs) there was nothing to have security in ourselves. And, And it was like, God pushed us to that point where we got to that end of ourselves. And then we, and I'm not saying this is going to be the answer for every single person or every scenario would go this way. But we literally started seeing the blessings pour in mm-hmm. at that point. Answers to prayers that we had been waiting for years on that all of a sudden we had these answers and that it was just an incredible time. And I went from walking around my house like, OK, what should I sell? Am I being selfish by keeping this furniture like like, mm-hmm. you know, just getting almost desperate to to just looking around saying, God, I'm just going to trust you. Mm-hmm. If you call me to sell this piece of furniture or you know, do this thing, then I'm going to be okay in that, but I'm not going to walk around in a panic anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the main co- commands in the Bible that I've seen again and again, do not fear, do not fear. Right. And there's a, the world places a great amount 
of importance on that financial security. You know, have have your uh, savings, have your retirement stuff, have all of this be secure, right? Be secure. And and God wants us to say, you know what? Even if all of this is taken away, do not fear. Mm-hmm. Do not fear. I am the Lord. I will take care of you. Yeah. And and that's just our, I think, our just our general way of like living. We live in fear constantly. Mm-hmm. We live in fear. And and to have that almost strip, forcibly stripped away from you can be one of, like you said, one of the most freeing things where all of a sudden you're just like, I have, I have no defenses. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I can only fall down on my face and say, Lord, just do what you're going to do. And I'm going to trust that it's going to be good. That makes me think of in the earlier verses in Matthew chapter 6 where, but he's saying, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Guys, I can't stop. (laughs) Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He knows. It is scary. It's He doesn't say do not fear because there's nothing to fear. It is scary. Facing needs and not knowing how to fill them or if they will be filled is scary. But he knows. He knows it all. He knows your frame. He remembers that you are from dust, but he cares. He, he cares what the lilies look like. He cares what the birds eat and he cares for us and he fills those needs. And you're of more value than, yes. than all those, those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And he, yes, he created them for our delight because he loves us mm-hmm. and to glorify himself. And he, he does all of this to glorify himself. Well, one of the things, uh, you, you know, the, the classic verse, uh, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And we all know it's frequently <laughs> taken out of it's context. A, abused. <laughs> it's, it's very much abused. <laughs> but context-wise. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we're looking at the context of this, we're looking at a man who is in poverty, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's relying heavily on donations from other people. Um to be able to provide for him, put him up, all of this stuff. Right. Um, and Paul writes, um, so um, I'll just start in verse 10 of uh, Philippians 4. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound Everywhere and in all things, I've learned to be both full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. And to me, that's a lot about lack, mm-hmm. right? And and a lot of it is suffering need and being hungry, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
to me, it's saying, I know that in this moment, in this moment of dire need, my strength comes only from Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to remember that in context, right? Knowing that who's writing this and what point and to know that that Paul is speaking from experience he Mm -hmm. knows want he knows Mm -hmm. hunger he knows lack Mm -hmm. and his reliance is completely and solely on Christ right I mean and this it is the inspired word of God the, the very breathed out word of God but putting that reality that spin on it and 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 remembering that Paul's not just giving us pat answers like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Here's a bumper sticker <laughs> you can for do you. do all things. <laughs> no, I mean, he's speaking from a place of knowing that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't say just the needs that you have that are dire needs. No, he says all your needs according to his riches. Um, and I, I was thinking about just how just these scriptures really and and the whole of scripture knowing who God is his character his goodness his faithfulness really just does arm us to fight um the world the flesh and the devil when it mm-hmm. comes to these and we talked about this a while back um but just i was really thinking about how you know the world says that financial security has to look a certain way in order to mm-hmm. qualify as financial security um the flesh says, I need this thing or this experience or or this state of whatever to be secure. And the devil says, you know, what if God doesn't come through this time? What mm-hmm. if he doesn't provide for you? What if he's holding out on you and he doesn't really want it takes you, to... you back to the Garden of Eden? Yeah, doesn't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's just a bunch of recycled lies, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't ever come up with anything new. And so mm-hmm. it's always going to be the same thing. You know, what if... What if God doesn't really take care of you? What if he doesn't mean it that way? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just when we know scripture, when we know to just say, no, thus says the Lord, you know, yes. or it is written. And and we can say those things to ourselves. And when we're faced, you know, when you walk down the aisles of Target, which God bless them in the U.S. <laughs> the Target. But I mean, when you walk down whatever store aisle or, um, you know, your favorite clothing store or whatever, it's not that going shopping is wrong, but are you looking at this and saying, this is what you need in order to mm-hmm. to have security? Well, then you can look at that item on the shelf or on the rack and say, no, I don't need it to be right. secure in Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a whole other conversation about <laughs> about buying things we enjoy. And I don't think that those are that's necessarily wrong, but it, it really has everything to do with where our attention is fixed and where we're placing our hope. And I think it's also helpful to remember that I I always want to be stretched thin and relying on God more than what I have. And if he gives me more, I hope it's so that I can do more with it. Mm, and yeah. so if he's blessed me with more, I can give more but I can still be dependent on him, right? Because um, it's it's not bad. It's not, it is good to work hard and to toil and to increase yourself and to increase your lands. We see that so much in the Old Testament. 
But with that comes so much responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to just be really careful that we don't idolize and think that there's somebody out there that has security that doesn't worry about the responsibilities that they've agreed to because of what God has given them. He has Mm -hmm. blessed them. But we all rely on the Lord, whether we have very little or a lot. And I think that goes back to living open-handedly, right? Right. And remembering that when you are walking through the Christian life with an open hand, when you're receiving your gifts with an open hand, not because you deserve them, but because God in his great, crazy, amazing mercy decided to give them to you, Mm -hmm. then it's so much easier to say, well, it was always yours, God. It was always yours. It was never mine. Mm -hmm. And so it's... It's yours for me to use as you see fit. And so the goal is the glory of God. It should always be the glory of God. It kind of brings up one of the questions that we got, which was, what about something like Dave Ramsey? And um, I think, is it Financial Peace Ministries or something like that? Mm -hmm. And is this a bad idea to go through this? I would say, of course not. Like, No, No. God wants us to be responsible. Yeah. Like, I'm not at the same point where we're saying, oh, have faith, you know, give. We're not saying, (laughs) go go, go. be (laughs) reckless. No, no, I think, I think, I mean, I think of the parables of the, the, and again, there's, there's more to the parable than just the story, but of the rich man who gave here, I'm going to give you this, you, this amount, I'm going to give you this amount. What are you going to do with it? Right. Mm -hmm. And the investment aspect was not something that Jesus was frowning upon. He was using it as an example, but he does want us to be responsible. So again, putting money into savings or into whatever to, you know, to be profitable is not a bad thing mm-hmm. it's when the problem becomes when you, that's where you're placing your hope and security yeah but again being responsible being we ought to be yeah we, we ought have, to be wise out of out yes. of all of the people in this world christians ought to be showing yeah. responsibility we're stewards after all we are to be fruitful and multiply and that right. we could probably even apply that to you know how we take care of our stuff yeah, right absolutely right and and we're doing this not to profit ourselves, though. Mm-hmm. We're doing this to bless the kingdom. Yes. And I think that's another thing that keeps coming up and popping up in the scriptures is, you know, there are widows and orphans mm-hmm. and people who need our help. The poor will be always with us. And showing justice and mercy to them is something that needs to define our lives. So mm-hmm. rather than being like, I thinking of in terms of I don't have enough, I need to make sure I have all that I need. We need to be thinking, I have abundance. I want to give. I want to help. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's what we are called to do. We are called to to give ourselves freely just as Christ has given to us. Mm. And to just hold on to that. It's not going to multiply it. No. Right. Just like that one guy. He just buried it in the ground. He's like, okay, yeah. I don't want anybody else to have it. I don't want to multiply. I'm just hoping it just stays here and nobody will get hurt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that is not what God wants us to do. No. Mm-hmm. And I think when we when we recognize that God has quite literally just given our Western culture so much abundance and what seems like poverty to us is like absolute mind-blowing wealth to somebody mm-hmm. somewhere else. And so to have a godly perspective that that it's all gift a gift. It's all a gift from God and he is the giver. And when we when we have our our hearts set on the giver, it changes everything. I memorized this passage with my kids a couple of years ago, and I, I think it's so important because 
it just refocuses our hearts on, you know, asking from God with humble hearts and receiving with gratitude and then also remembering what it is we're called to pursue. And it's First Timothy 6, 6 through 12, Paul says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And that's really, really sobering to think that, you know, we our culture twisted that one and then said, well, or money is the root of all evil, I guess. But yeah. yeah, so we need to remember that it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And Paul says, instead of pursuing that, instead of pursuing money as your goal, he says, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And this, that's such an urgent um an urgent reminder and an urgent call that we need to remember what we're pursuing matters. What we're fixing our hearts on really, truly matters. And it it can either lead us um, into temptation, into a snare, um, something that will plunge us into ruin and, and destruction. Or it can lead us to righteousness and godliness and, mm-hmm. and love and gentleness and steadfastness in the Lord. It makes me think that sometimes... We hear all these things and we're not really sure what to do now that we've, you know, maybe our challenging has been, challenging (laughs) has been thinked. (laughs) Maybe our thinking has been challenged or the way that we trust in the Lord. And I'm just so encouraged by this poem that Elizabeth Elliot shares. And it's just do the next thing. Do it immediately. Do it with prayer. Do it reliantly, casting all care. Do it with reverence, tracing his hand who placed it before thee with earnest command, stayed on omnipotence, safe neath his wings, leave all resulting, do the next thing. Mm. 